that Steph Orton's got her hands on that trophy. Second season running, that she's done so in the colours of Manchester City. Oh, lovely footwork there from Weah! A special goal in a special game from Caroline Weah. That is world class. That is outstanding. A worldie from Weah. Hello and welcome back to MCW Fancast. I'm Emma. Thanks for listening. We're glad to be back. I'm sorry it took. I'm sorry it took so long. Uh, it wasn't my intention whatsoever, but uh, COVID had other ideas. I've been feeling a bit under the weather, but it's good to be back. Looking forward to welcoming our guests on the show this week. We've got Dave from the OSC and Shahan from the Bristol City Vixen Cast. Really looking forward to recapping on recent games with Dave. And looking ahead to the weekend where we face Arsenal at the Academy Stadium. Uh, but we've got a, a midweek game to, to look back on, which is the County Cup quarter final against Bristol City at the Academy Stadium. Morgan and you're listening to MCW Fancast. Dave, Jahan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. It's a pleasure to have you both. Uh, how are you keeping? I am a happy new year. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. Hope you're well and uh, hi to Shahan as well. Good evening, Emma. Good evening, David. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you for asking and good evening again, Dave. Of course, we met uh, last night at the Academy Stadium um, and Emma, uh, like, um, of course, Man City have the famous chant or the song, We're Not Really Here which, Emma, you demonstrated <laughs> purely by not literally being there at all last night. No, but I was there in spirit. <laughs> Midweek trip for Bristol City to the Academy Stadium in Manchester for a quarter-final cup tie in the Conti Cup. Before we get into the game, though, let's talk about Bristol City, Shahan. I mean, following on from last season and, and relegation from the Women's Super League to the Championship, it's been quite a season so far. Um, last night's defeat in the Conti Cup was the first I think Bristol have had since was it October of last year. So, how happy have you been with the performance since making that transition to the Championship? Well, um, regard, I mean, based on what happened last season in the WSL, I think a lot of fans somewhat expecting Bristol City to be in a relegation battle, and unfortunately, we yeah scuppered to the last minute because other teams went down to the relegation battle as well, but they got the points that they needed. I think, yeah, after what happened in the summer, it was an eventual rebuild was going to happen. There was a lot of players that left, but also we had a lot of new players come in and a new coaching staff as well. And it, yeah, it's just like a bit of a complete restart, if you will. And with even more integration and more support from the men's team. Um, yeah, we must have been doing really well in the championship. Bit of a slow start. Um, I think losing to four three to Chris Palace on the first day of the season. But then um, being undefeated, well, with the exception of one game against Durham in September, yeah, I think we've been undefeated at home. We've had a lot of existing players, you know, well, well, a few existing players, mainly Abby Harrison, find her goal-scoring form that she used to have previously, like such kind of Hibernian, and then uh, a lot of new players, uh, Chloe Ball, formerly Chloe O'Connor, again, some goals, and Aggie Beaver-Jones, the Chelsea only, who I'll mention a, a bit about her later on, especially with her interaction with Lucy Vons, but... Yeah, um, uh, and at the moment now we're now fifth in the championship, and I think it was interesting that Bristol City in their in their match preview said uh, it was fifth against fifth because I didn't even realise Man City were fifth in the WSL. 
Yeah, that's a bit of irony. <laughs> Hopefully we won't be here for much longer. But yeah, climbing up the table, which is pleasing. But like you say, Bristol currently sit in fifth in the table, uh, nine points uh, behind the leaders, Liverpool. Um, with a game in hand, though, um, having reached the halfway point of the season, how do you see Bristol progressing for the rest of the season? I mean, I realistically, I think we can push for the top, the top two or three spots. But unfortunately, now compared to when Bristol were last in the championship or WSL two as it was back then, there's only just the one permi- uh, permission spot. Because uh, yeah, when Bristol City won WSL two, they finished second beneath Yeovil Town, and both teams got promoted up. And yeah, as you said, uh, Emma, um, yeah, we're nine points behind the leaders who are now Liverpool and. Liverpool also had a bit of a slow start, but under Matt Beard continued coaching and leadership, you know, the team have really found form in the championship. Like those players are starting to find, you know, find their place, find their position. And and it seems, yeah, they seem to be like the real big threat. And everyone, a lot of fans, including myself for Durham, were going to be the big threat, but they've lost more games than a lot of fans fought. And when Durham are literally now a point above us and in fourth. So, yeah, and it's going to be interesting what's going to happen in April when Liverpool come down to Bristol and that game's going to be played in, at Ashton Gate Stadium uh, where uh, City men play. So yeah, that'll, that'll be a really insane fixture. When um, when you obviously went into the championship, were you expecting it to be as competitive as, as what it is? Um, realistically, no. But then again, I wasn't expecting Bristol to dominate the championship. One team usually has in previous seasons. So like last year, it was Leicester that dominated and the year before uh, it was Villa. And, and then the year before that, your neighbours in red, um, I probably won't mention their name if you don't want me to. But Yeah, like Man United did. But um, yeah, it's, it's great to see other teams, um, you know, compete in the championship because... Again, it's it's so strange. Like literally, the table can change every single week, depending on who wins and who loses. And I think at one point at the start of the season, like I think the teams that were semi-professional were at the top of the table, like Sheffield United and Sunderland. And now, if you look at the um, table currently, um, in sec- with Liverpool top, who I think are now having more investment from their owners, or at least they're taking more seriously this time. And and second place are London City Lionesses, who used to be Millwall, and they're now. They're fully professional, but at the same time, they're independent. But I think the one thing I was not expecting, I don't think any football fan was expecting, was what happened with Coventry United, who became fully professional over the summer, but then their owners literally pulled out um, a few days before Christmas and no one knew if the team was going to survive 2022. And luckily, the new owner or new investment seems to have come in from Lewis Morgan. And and they've got a 10-point deduction uh, from the FA, but I, I think... The club are going to appeal that, but yeah, at the moment, well, before that, it would have been either Coventry or Watford that would have gone down or fighting for relegation. But yeah, it's a very competitive season, uh, the championship. And unfortunately, I never really paid much attention to the championship, maybe because my team was in the WSL. But I think this year, with the good and the bad, uh, it's become really entertaining, really interesting to watch. And I'm glad Barclays have now announced they're going to sponsor the championship for next season like they do with the WSL currently. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, speaking personally, that I, I do keep more of an eye as to what's going on in the championship. Are you a bit the same, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to, especially like, um, you know, as, as following women's women's football, you see the teams that get relegated, like Bristol, like Liverpool, teams like that. You, you want to see how they do in that, that division. As Sean says, it tends to have been a standout team that, that have won it the last few years that have like pulled away. 
Durham always seem to be a decent side that never quite get over the line because there's a team that are better than them. But uh, whenever we've played Durham, for instance, in cup games, I always think they've looked pretty, pretty decent. Um, so yeah, I do follow the results and always, you know, follow um, follow all the teams on Twitter and, and see how they're all doing. It's nice to watch. Yeah, and obviously with Matt Beard uh, going to Liverpool, Shahan, do you think it was always kind of on the cards that it was a, a bit of a, a sign of intent from Liverpool as to where they wanted to be? Well, it's funny you mentioned Matt Beard because, of course, uh, he was in charge of Bristol City uh, for the second half of our season. Of course, when Tanya Oxby went on maternity leave and and, and I think looking at the impressions, or at least from what I could see, like I don't think the club were offering him a longer term contract or at least Matt Beard didn't ask for one. So I think that's why he was able to look for other options elsewhere. And of course, he's got history with, with Liverpool. He He's won the WSL title there twice. Uh, so it wasn't a surprise to see him go back or at least step down to the championship. I, I was a little bit annoyed at first when he did take or sign some players from Bristol City, such as Carla Humphrey, uh, Jasmine Matthews and Yana Daniels, but tends to work with people he's worked with before. Like he signed Leanne Kinnan from West Ham United and thinks she's a top goal scorer in the championship at the moment. And Liverpool recently signed Katie Stengel, uh, who, uh, the American who I think played with him at Boston Breakers. But my beard, yeah, I think he's finally having a good run now because after being at West Ham like I think things just gradually fell out or fell apart and then with Bristol last season the football did get a little bit better the fitness to get a little bit better but unfortunately it just yeah it came up short then I think Matt going to Liverpool he was under pressure to, to do well pretty fast because with all due respect I don't really think Liverpool should be in the championship um, you know they're, they're a club that should be in the WSL you know you know, they've got a fan base and a history. And as you say, they've won the WSL recently, in recent years too, you know, twice. So I think when Matt went there, I think he has gone for players that he knows what he can get, like you say, from his West Ham and his Bristol, you know, experiences and possibly even further back than that in his career. So he needed players, I think, to get them where they are now at the moment, to be fair, top of the league and get them promoted. That was his um, method, you know, to pick players that he, that he knew really well. So unfortunately for Sam and Bristol, included some of their players that he'd worked with. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the Bristol side, though, because it is a very, probably a much different side than the what we're used to as City fans, obviously. So many changes uh, in the summer to the squad and quite a young side as well. And, and I know head coach Lauren Smith spoke in the week about trusting the process. Um, does it feel like there is something to really get behind as Bristol fans and, and looking ahead to the future? Oh yeah, absolutely, Emma. I think, yeah, the new players have come into the squad. Some do have championship experience. Some have even won the championship title, uh, such as, you know, Fran Benley and Amy Palmer, who both won the championship with Man United, and Leah Cataldo, uh, who won the championship with Leicester last season. But yeah, uh, the team have, have just bonded really well. And uh, Lauren Smith, um, who was at the club previously with different coaching roles, of course, she initially came in as the final part of the maternity con- uh, cover under Tanya Oxby's maternity, but then she left. And I thought we were yeah, to focus more on the family, but no, she ended up going to Chelsea uh, as Emma Hayes' assistant. Not that I think Emma Hayes really needs an assistant right now. No. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> what does Emma Hayes need an assistant for? It's just mad. Um, but yeah, um, I just hope, yeah, um, you know, things like the club or the, or the whole Bristol sport organisation are taking the women's team a lot more seriously this season and in the future as well. I mean, Lauren Smith already offered a three-year contract towards the end of last year. And so far this year um, in the Nigerian tra- transfer window, no one knew it was coming and no one's left. But Amy Palmer, our club captain for the season, has already been offered a new contract to the, for the next 18 months with an option to stay for another year if the team 
get promoted to the, to the WSL, which I thought was interesting to reveal. Like you said, just plenty to, to obviously look forward to for Bristol, I think. And they're certainly on a, a really good path um, pathway to hopefully, you know, getting back to the WSL, I think. Uh, but let's get into Wednesday night's game then, the Conti Cup quarterfinal tie at the Academy Stadium. Finished 3-1 to City, who progressed to the semi-final where we will now face Spurs at home on either Wednesday the 2nd or Thursday the 3rd of February, but it's to be confirmed in due course. Uh, Dave, firstly, how great is it to be back playing how, at home? And how are you feeling heading into the game, especially after what's been a great start to the year with recent results coming off the back of the winter break? Yeah, we've not had much time to, to prepare for this game because we only qualified for it uh, last week by beating Leicester. But having gone to that Leicester game and, and know how well we played that night, uh, we, we are in good form recently. We've had a lot of good wins. But as you say, I mean, they've all been away from home. It seems uh, it seems an age since we played at the Academy Stadium. I was looking back today when it was like mid-November, early November, with games called off and just the way fixtures have fell and away and away cup games. So yeah, but I was confident because um, of the, just simply because the way we've been playing and uh, you know have, getting players back. Gareth's now got a choice. He can actually you know rotate and pick teams for certain games. He got a full bench last night when I saw the team sheet. He had an, an actual bench with some selections. That he could make on the bench, which is you know, you, you know yourself earlier this season, that wasn't even an option for him at the time. Rarity. We were that strict there, you know, the three goalies on the bench and all that. Yeah. So it, I was confident because we were at home, I was confident because we were playing a team from a low division, but I knew, you know, in the past Bristol have given us some tough games. We know that. I remember I remember the two two all when Steph scored that late equaliser that time. Uh, I remember a one-all down at uh, Stoke Gifford. When you know we were looking, probably looking to get the point that day, uh, so I knew that we needed to be at it and uh, going into the game. And uh, I'm sure Sam will say for the first ten minutes, I don't think they were uh, very, you know, very much at it. But it, it, it evened out, and we started to take control. But um, yeah, overall, yeah, going confident going into it, and I did enjoy the game. Let's not forget Bristol County Cup finalists last season at Vicarage Road yeah. against yeah against eventual winners Chelsea, but. Less said about that, the better. <laughs> uh, proving, though, that Bristol, you know, have got a good a chance as any to, to progress in the competition, Shahan. Yes, absolutely, Emma. Uh, Bristol City actually won their, won their group. And in our group, we had uh, Lewis and Crystal Palaces and WSL side Redden, who we actually beat uh, away from home in the, in the 90th minute uh, when Abby Housen scored a goal. But, uh, yeah, first this season, like, because I know the Connie Cup groups are now split into North and South. And unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately uh, for teams in the South, like the two biggest teams, no offence to the others, were Arsenal and Chelsea. But because they were in the Champions League group stages, they somehow got a bye to the core finals, which I'm not going to sure. work out for Arsenal, did it? <laughs> be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, when you look at the, the final eight teams to qualify from the core, uh, into the core finals, six of WSL, two championship, Bristol City and Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. There's, I'm quite surprised there was a lot of other WSL teams that didn't even qualify. You know, like Reading and Brighton, or even Birmingham for that for that matter. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as Dave uh, was saying, like our teams didn't know we were going to face each other until um, the, the the aftermath of the Leicester Man City game. So I think that's one reason why there wasn't as much Bristol City away support uh, at the game last night. And also it was a midweek, so and, and I know for some people who aren't crazy like me to like book some time off work and just drive <laughs> up for the sake of her. Um, yeah, getting to the game would, would have been quite difficult. I mean, it was Bristol 
Well, Greenwood, actually, <laughs> who opened up the scoring uh, on the night against the run of play. Bristol made a break for goal, uh, but it was an unfortunate deflection off Greenwood, which found saw the ball hit the back of the net uh, through Keaton. I mean, I believe there were some celebrations. I'm surprised you still were allowed to remain in the ground from my <laughs> But at that time, what were your thoughts? Yeah, me and my, my fellow uh, friend, uh, Martin, uh, who drove up from Gloucestershire to be in the game, we kind of almost missed the goal because I think I overheard someone trying to like stir banter with us, like another safe fan. But lucky we saw the end. But yeah, we didn't even know, even though it was a Greenwood-owned goal. Uh, as far as we could see, like uh, Aggie Beaver-Jones, who I mentioned earlier, um, was trying to be challenged by uh, Lucy Bonds, but then could just completely outpaced her. And then I thought it was her to score the goal. But no, I didn't even realise at the time that uh, Alex Green was, uh, well, the goal was awarded to her as an own goal. And I just thought, oh, wow, we scored first, like at away in Man City. I mean, usually a lot of away get, uh, games in general this season, you know, there's always usually an early goal. And I was happy for us to be first. And but yeah, um, of course, when it was just me and my friend who were the, the German fans there, I mean, we knew other people who were there, like, partners or family members of players but I think in terms of proper fans when it was just us two like I mean I, I didn't care I thought I would join in I'll wave my flag and yeah. which I know the editor for this podcast Charlotte Wilkins who I got to meet last night for the first time I think she filmed me as on, on the Instagram story me waving the flag and I thought yeah well I'm gonna save the moment in case it doesn't come again in the game and I thought and luckily I was right <laughs> yeah it didn't come again uh come again in the game so yeah um and I thought if City were going to score another goal or more goals, then of course they'd be right to celebrate. And and I would just like applaud. Yeah. It, I'll take your moments as they come, Shahan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what, what I will say to any other Bristol fans who are listening, that he did make enough noise for you all, guys. He really did. He, he put in a good show last night, Shahan. Thank he you. He I was mean, jumping up and down. His flag was going. He supported the team brilliantly. So uh, he did you all proud last night. Thank you very much, Dave. And yeah, that's what I usually do, uh, home and away games. Um, City battle hard, battle hard to find a way back in. And it wasn't long before they were on level terms through Bonnie Shaw, who made her first start for the team since October. A player of the match worthy performance as well and a brace from her on the night. It was really great to see her back in the thick of it, Dave. It was, yeah. It was um, really power, sort of like a real traditional centre-forward performance, I thought. You know, maybe not the most finesse performance you'll ever see you know but the power that she showed and, and the skill especially the second goal you know the finishes on both the goals were really really good finishes and you know to come at a time when we were you know we were losing the game you know and, and struggling and it was good to see her back and again it's it's about options you see if he's got the option to, to rotate you say you don't want to play any player consistently every game if they're getting tired and Ellen White putting some great performances in the last few weeks in these away games when we've won um, so to have Bunny back and available last night and fit, you know, gave him that option. And I thought she took the chance, uh, the opportunity really well with uh, two really good goals. And I think she might have got even longer on the pitch second half if we didn't have the game Sunday to think about. I think Gareth was starting to think towards Sunday once we went 3-1 up. And as I keep saying, he had these options on the bench. He wanted to give people a game. He managed to get Caroline Weir on the pitch for 20 minutes, half an hour last night, which I think is a big, big plus for us as well, because we miss her, because who wouldn't? She's such a good player. Um, so, you know, it's, it, 
it wasn't the best city display you'll ever see, but it, it, it was a, it was a tough and they got stuck in when it mattered. You know, the, the minute they went behind, I thought, you know, it sort of like woke them up and they improved as the game went on and did yeah. enough. You feel like it was a job done sort of performance? Well, yeah, the thing is, in, in, in a cup tie, really, all you need to do is get through. Isn't it? You know, if you were if you end up winning the cup, you don't look back at the third round. If you were lucky and got through, you think, you know, we won the cup. It's about getting to the next round, which ultimately we did. Yeah, yes, we've played better this season. We've played better recently, but you know, as you've just said, Emma, we we, we got the job done. We did enough to get the job done, and I do think that Gareth was beginning to towards the, the latter stages of the game um, when Bristol made a lot, quite a lot of changes as well. I think Gareth was starting to think about Sunday as well, on his radar, because we've got a big game Sunday, a very important game, as you know. And I think uh, that came into his thinking, but the job was pretty much done then, 3-1, and Bristol weren't showing too much signs of getting a second goal in the later stages. Lasada's goal in the second half was the fourth goal in four games, sealing progression for City, showing once again what a great asset she's become since coming into the team, since signing from Barcelona at the start of the season. She's been fantastic in the yeah, most recent games that's coming off the back of the winter break. What a fantastic player. And again, just showing her worth. Well, we saw flashes of it early in the season, but obviously, like everybody else, she picked up injuries here and there and couldn't really get a consistent run in the team. But now, as you say, we've seen that consistent run. Her and a number of the other players as well, starting to just, you know, new players sometimes take a little bit of time to adapt to a team. Some don't, some do. Vicky's now adapting and she's looked... Uh, just part of it, you know, she seems to fit into the way we played perfectly the last few games. The goal at Leicester last week, the 35-yard goal out, it was just one of the best goals I've seen all season. An absolute belting goal, but she scores different types of goals. Close in, uh, far out, you know, tap-ins and, and then worldies. She's got a bit of everything and she's such a good player on the ball as well, which as we know, we do like that from our midfielders. Yeah, brilliant. I really, really enjoyed watching her recently. So I, I shared this on the uh, VixenCast uh, Twitter where I was tweeting during the game last night, but Vicky Lissada, of course, uh, being formerly a Barcelona, famously scored at Ashen Gate when Barcelona lost to Bristol Academy in the UEFA Women's Champions League in 2014. And unfortunately, I wasn't a fan of uh, the team at that time, but I feel now that I've finally seen Vicky Lissada score a goal against Bristol. Uh, so at least I have something to relate to to the longer term Bristol fans yeah. so. some people wouldn't even believe that that ever happened <laughs> so the fact that you brought that up is incredible but yeah I mean there's so much history uh, that Bristol do have within the women's game it is really unbelievable yeah exactly and of course like the current Man City squad have, have two former uh, Vixens and you know, Caroline Weir and Lauren Hemp uh, the last thing on the performance um, just the takeaways from last night Bristol it was a fantastic performance, team performance, well-rounded performance from Bristol uh, and a, a performance I feel that you can be really, really proud of. Um, there are plenty of positives to take away, I think, for Bristol. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely, Emma. And uh, in Lauren Smith's post-match interview, she said that she wanted to keep the playing style similar uh, or pretty much the same as in the league game, for example. And she said that um, in some parts it works and others it doesn't quite work against a WSL team like Man City. Looking at the squad last night, it was pretty much like a f- mostly first team players. I think one, I think one of the key changes was um, Sylvie Whitehouse in goal instead of Fran Bentley, who's usually preferred to first choice goalkeeper. But in her pre-match interview, Lauren Smith also said that she had a fully fit squad. 
uh, which made selection choices a bit harder. Um, and yeah, looking at the feedback or at least the tweets that some of the Bristol Sea players have done following the game, um, I think Abby Housen mentioned something about, you know, not changing their style because they're playing against Massey. And also it was a great learning curve and a great experience to play against some of the best players in the world. And yeah, the focus is now on the league. Um, yeah, we got, we got Charlton at home this Sunday. We're on the same point as them. They're, they're literally a point, a place below us in the championship table. And of course, we're still in the FA Cup. Uh, we've got um, Southampton FC in the fourth round. And that game's going to be played at St. Mary's. So yeah, I think realistically, I wasn't expecting a win against Man City last night. Yeah, last night was my first time to go into the Academy Stadium and I don't know when I'm going to be back. So I mainly went just for the experience, to be honest. <laughs> and did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. Yeah, so it was great to meet uh, the OFC. Uh, it was great to meet Moonbeam and Moonchester. <laughs> Always uh, a highlight of any match day. <laughs> <laughs> Always a highlight. Also, um, I, I bore with me like, uh, the Bristol City Sports Club Trust flag because I'm now part of that uh, sports club. And yeah, it was great to get a photo with some of the OFC uh, board members. Progression for City, Dave. How much do you feel that that performance last night and recent performances will bolster the side looking ahead now? Yeah, well, obviously we had such a up and down first, say three months of the season with all the injuries and missing. You know, we were so down, down in the table. You know, a few couple of home defeats, which left us feeling all a bit low. I think this run of games starting, you know, Birmingham before Christmas, and since that, since the uh, since we've come back after the break. You know, we've won away games at Brighton. We've won away a game at um, in the Cup at Leicester. We won at Villa last week. All all good wins without letting in a goal. Then we progressed in the Cup last night. So we're into the semi-finals. We've got a good draw. It's one to look forward to. You can put that to bed now and, and, and until it's time to play it. We've got really big league game on Sunday against Arsenal, um, who, after losing last night themselves, will come, you know, wanting to prove a point and get themselves back on track because they are top of the uh, WSL. And they want to stay there. So that, that'll be a tough game as it always is. And then we've got an FA Cup tie ourselves coming up sooner away at Forest, which is another, you know, another route to, to a trophy that we want to try and take. So, yeah, uh, I think I think Gareth will be quite happy with the way things have gone, certainly since the uh, since the Christmas break. You know, I, I went to Brighton and, I, you know, at halftime it was nil-nil a really tight game. And yet we ran out 6-0 winners in the second half. The performance was just excellent second half at Brighton. It was more really than we, than we could have hoped for. So the, the performances have really been there since Christmas and I'm really pleased to see it. As you say, up next, we're back at the Academy Stadium on Sunday for a WSL punch clash, I will say, against league leaders Arsenal. An opportunity to, to secure points, bridging that gap uh, in positions in the table standings. A big opportunity up for grabs as well, with Arsenal facing their own upset, having been knocked out of the Conte Cup following their 1-0 loss to our rivals, Manchester United, earlier in the week. We've got to throw everything at this game. We certainly have. I mean, the, the next three league games, I, I think, are Arsenal and Chelsea away. They've got cup games in between them and we've got United at home. I mean, they're crucial, not just because every league game's crucial, obviously, but these are the teams that are actually sitting above us. Uh, now, you know, if we're realistic, we're going to say we're going to try and aim for that third spot and get into the Champions League, then these are, these are games, certainly the two home games, we need to be winning these games. As you know, Arsenal at the Academy Stadium, I mean, it's usually a pretty good game. It's usually close. Uh, last year, I think it took till the 94th minute till we beat them. I think we scored when Caroline scored, it was something like the 94th minute. We beat them 2-1. You know, it's going to be tight and close because Arsenal are a quality side. I know they lost last night. I haven't seen the game from last night, so I'm not sure how it went. Because obviously it was at our game. Wow. Um, <laughs> not well no, for Arsenal. I'm not sure how well Arsenal played, whether it was a smash and grab by United or if they deserved I haven't seen any. All I've seen literally is the goal. So, But they'll be hurting because they got beat at home. 
And they'll come, you know, sometimes you don't want to play a team sometimes when they've just got beat because you know the manager will be getting into them. They bought well and the, uh, recently. They've had a two two or three really good players who, again, they might hit the ground running. They, you might, we might see them start on Sunday. You might make changes after last night. So it's certainly going to be a tough game and we need to be 100% at it to beat Arsenal because they're top of the league and they're a quality side. Yeah. Right. So let's get a prediction then. Let's get a prediction from your game against Charleston then, Shahan. Oh, I'm going to use the reverse score of what they did to us when we played away to Charleston in October. I'm going to say 2-1. 2-1. I'm feeling that Dave's going to say 2-1 for us. Yeah, I'm going to be completely positive. I'm going to go for 2-1 to City with a Lauren Hemp winner. Ex-Bristol player, as I mentioned, Lauren Hemp to get the winner. I'm, I'm positive. I'm always positive when we're at home and we're playing well, and that's what we're doing at the moment. So. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one more. I'm going to be ultra, a little bit more confident and a little bit brave, and go three-one. Oh, I hope you're right. Mm, I'd like <laughs> that. Make the last five <laughs> I would love that. Right. <laughs> yeah. In other news, uh, we've had some contract extensions announced by the club. Most recently this week, Esme Morgan, has, Esme Morgan has signed a new deal committing to the club for the next three years. With captains Steph Horton and Lauren Hemp also penning new deals. How pleasing is it to see players commit to the club, Dave? Fantastic. I mean, good young players like Lauren uh, and Esme. Uh, Esme City through and through, you know, I've seen pictures of her in a city kit when she was a little toddler, mum and dad are City fans, you know, she she said today, you know, it's a home, it's where she wants to stay, you know, when she when the interview for the, when she signed a, a new contract, so, and obviously it's terrible that she's had such a horrific injury this season and had to miss most of the season with that uh, broken leg, but hopefully she's well on the mend uh, and coming back because she's such a, such a versatile defender, Esme, she gives you a lot of options across the back. She can cover and she was, you know, she'd worked hard to get herself almost like first choice into the into the squad. She'd been there a number of years. She had a great year that year on loan at Everton, come back, worked hard, became like an integral member of that squad and certainly would have played a lot of games this season with the situations we've been in other than herself picking up such a horrific injury. So delighted for Esme. Lauren, I've said it a thousand times. Everyone knows what I think about Lauren. I think she's possibly got the potential to be one of the best players in the world. Um, if she carries on the way she's going, she's absolutely outstanding. So to, to tie her down to new contracts over the moon, because she's one of those players you just watch and you, you're just up off your seat. She, every time she gets the ball, you're up off your seat. She excites fans and that's what fans love to see. Um, she's one of those players. And Steph, Steph speaks for herself. She's been the ultimate leader for us for, for as long as we can remember. We've missed her this season again through injury. We've never had to go so long without Steph before. Uh, and it's been a big loss because she's such an influence, you know, on the pitch, in the dressing room, you know, on the bench. She's such an influence, um, you know, uh, uh, not just the way she as a player, but as a captain. So Steph signing a new contract is just as good as, as the young players because she's uh, such an important, integral part of what we are. Well, I was delighted. It's like I said, it's especially to have young players committing to the future of the club. I just think it, it's fantastic to see. And uh, I was I was really pleased to see those deals being done. Um, and, you know, just to have Steph there as well, you know, again, just like you said, she's integral and she's such an important part. And it's just so great to see her back out on the pitch as well, along with Lucy too. And just that, you know, looking ahead, we're getting players back now and, and everything mm-hmm. seems to be coming together. And Esme looks, you know, uh, ahead of, you know, her rehabilitation as well, which is, you know, fantastic news to hear too. So 
again, there is plenty of positives going on uh, behind the scenes too. There is, yeah. And I've seen a lot of Instagram videos this week of Chloe Kelly uh, in full-on training as well, which is yeah. fantastic to see in her rehab. Because, you know, let's not forget, she was one of the outstanding players in the country last season. She's the current OSC player of this season. And, you know, an, another horrific injury. It's such an important time. It cost her an Olympic place and everything. You know, you have to feel for these players because it's just so horrific. But it's great to see that she's on the mend as well and on the way back. And it gives us such great options if these players are fit. You know, it's 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 uh, it's been so difficult this season. You would not, you couldn't make up our injury list. It's it was unbelievable at one point. We're still down to the fourth and fifth choice goalkeepers at the moment. It's you know, I've never done anything like it, and I think you know we've done well to battle through it and still be in a relatively uh, decent position in the league, and certainly. Uh, with a chance of, of having two cup runs, what we're in the semi final of one, and we've got the FA Cup, you know, coming up. So, you know, those are all the positives that we go for now, in, in my eyes. And Johan, for Bristol, any sort of comings, comings in? Are you expecting any deals to be done? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I know um, in previous seasons, from what I can remember, uh, the Jeremy Chanson window seems to be pretty quiet. Um, I know Jeremy last year, we didn't sign anyone new or. or I know we only, we only had like two loanees that came in, uh, Molly Pike from Everton, who's now a Leicester. And as I mentioned earlier, Kira Scales from Reading, who's now a Charlton. I know uh, Chloe Legazzo, we sold her to um, the new Kansas City side in the NWSL for an undisclosed fee. Um, I'm not expecting any players to go or leave this window. And it'd be great to see um, if anyone does come in. But as, as I mentioned earlier, um, quoting Lauren Smith's match interview, um, there's a fully fit squad that she could choose from. So I'm not sure if there's any more spaces. Um, I know for one thing this year, like we actually have three goalkeepers in our squad, uh, two first team and one who's with the academy, but tr- uh, pl- trains with the first team. And we've, us British fans have made a joke saying we've never had, it's been a long time since we've ever had three goalkeepers in the squad. One thing I was going to mention um, briefly, uh, again, Dave mentioned about the injury list. Now that obviously with the likes of Lucy Bronze and Seth Walton returning from injury, as well as the emphatic wins that your team have had in the WSL this season. From an outsider's point of view, like I wasn't, I wasn't exactly laughing, but I was somewhat concerned with the performances earlier throughout the season and a lot of fans questioning Gareth Taylor to see whether he was the right man for the job. Um, with the recent upturn and results and also players returning from injury, could you two say ever doubted Taylor's uh, management, but do you think yourselves or more fans are starting to get back uh, behind him now? Uh, I think it's 50-50 with, with the City fans I speak to. Uh, personally, me personally, I think he, he's doing okay. I think any manager, what I will say, I think any manager would have struggled with our injuries this season. If you give us a full-strength squad, I think we challenge for the trophies, uh, certainly, which we did last season, to be fair. Last season, we won the FA Cup. We, uh, we, we took the WSL title to the very last day against an outstanding Chelsea squad. So, I don't remember too many people calling for his head last season. I know we weren't in the grounds at the time. You know, it was uh, you know it was when we weren't allowed to attend. But his record there was good. That was his first season in charge. This season, I, I honestly say, if you put any manager in the position he's been in, uh, I think they would have struggled to have lost so many players at, at, at one time. Uh, I always say when people say, "Ah, oh, yes, but it's, you know that's an excuse." I don't think it is an excuse, but it's certainly a factor in why our season hasn't gone as smoothly as it could have done. I don't think it's an excuse, but I think it's a factor and that's how I answer it. But everyone's entitled to their own opinion, obviously, and some people don't agree with me and, and that's fine. They don't, they don't like Gareth. Um, you know, that's football, isn't it? That's football fans. 
Not about what you think, Emma. Um, I think recent results have certainly won some fans back on his side. I think in terms of, for me, seeing the contract extensions from the likes of Esme, Lauren, I think that shows that the players are buying into his ideas. That, to me, speaks more volumes as to what's going on, on on the pitch. You know, given the recent circumstances surrounding the injuries which have played their part, I think, you know, what's going off, getting these deals done is just shows sort of the intent and the commitment from the players as well shows that they're buying into it as well so I'm, I'm quite happy I mean on reflection I mean Gareth has nearly been at the club two years which is really <laughs> unbelievable really when you think about it because that's quite a, a long period of uh, time really and I think you know when you look back on the success that we've had whilst he's been here how you measure that I think I don't think we've done too bad. I mean, we're still in the thick of it, really, when you... I, I think, obviously, Champions League has been quite disappointing, and I think that's something where we we really need to focus on and improve. But the intent was there. The intent and the ambition is there. I just think the performances need to match that, and I'm expecting more from the team, you know, when we're, when we're competing in these competitions next season, I think. There was something I just want to mention to you both quickly, uh, that happened at the game last night or after the game. Sorry. Um, so there was a Man City fan that came up to me and my friend Martin and asked us, because she saw that we were Bristol City fans and, and asked us, oh, who's number 44 uh, in your team? And I said that was Satawa Murray, uh, who's played as centre-back and used to play for Houston Dash and Liverpool. And then she said to us, oh, I really like her. I think I wish City would sign her or a player like her. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. But with that being said, um, for you two who watched the game last night, was there any player in the City squad who you think you'd like to see at City? Or there's, if not now, maybe in the future? Or hopefully, I, I fingers crossed they won't leave. But yeah, or any City... The player, the player you mentioned before, Shahan, who took on Lucy Bronze for the first goal, was it Be- Beaver Jones? Oh yeah, Aggie Beaver Jones, who's, who's on loan yeah. from Chelsea, yeah. I thought she had one from Chelsea. Well, I thought she yeah. had a good game. I thought she played well. She looked a threat. Yeah, I didn't realize until you said as well, uh, until I was reading the program, that the goalkeeper wasn't the regular. That Frank Bentley is usually a regular keeper, of course. We had at City as a youngster, and, okay. and then she went to United. So the goalkeeper, you know, the goalkeeper that played that night, last night, she doesn't play very often. Yeah, Sophie Whitehouse. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So she was previously at. Last season, she was, I think she was the first half at Spurs and the second yeah. half at, at Birmingham. I think she, yeah, she played a lot of a career in, in America and then has now stepped down to the championship. So she, yeah, she's, been, she's played in, in a couple of, of league games and some cup games here and there. But, but, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. thought, she, I thought she did okay under, under quite a lot of pressure in the second half. And, uh, yeah, if I had to pick one out, I would go with probably Beaver Jones, actually. I played well now. She's on loan from Chelsea, then, you know, obviously she's, uh, you know, she'd come up through their academy, maybe. Uh, they've got some good young players at Chelsea who are out on the one, haven't they? So that doesn't surprise me. That's the one that caught my eye last night. I don't know how long my list would be of any Man City players that I saw last night who I'd like to see join Bristol, but I don't think that's, that's realistically going to happen, to be honest. So. It might be the way forward is to, you know, to get someone, um, players on loan. Uh, you know, if, if finances are tight, it's a way for clubs in the Championship to maybe, you know, look at some of these young players at the WSL clubs that would come on loan. Uh, it, it's a win-win situation because the club benefits and the player benefits and, and the parent club would benefit. So it might be the way forward for some of these clubs to look because there's certainly some good talent out there. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like with Fran Benny, for example, of course, got loaned, signed a new country with Man United and then got, lo- got loaned out to Bristol City uh, yeah. to get some more game time. And it's I found it very funny that on the return to Manchester, Fran Benny doesn't even play at all. Yeah, I was <laughs> looking forward to watching her play, actually, because I watched her when she played for City's youth. Youth Academy is about three years ago before she went to United. Always, always looked a great, you know, good young prospect as a, as a young keeper. So, yeah, but it was, you know, it was just like you said, it was a chance to, to give you the, the other goalie a game and I thought she did well. Thank so you very much. Yeah, impressed. How about you, Emma? Was there any Bristol City player that stood out for you? Who you've? Um, I think. Oh, I, I think it's like you spoke about the goalkeeper. I think you know it's a big ask, you know, in a game like that for you know your reserve keeper, I suppose, to step up and do a job for you. And I think she did. She did well. Um, the player that I was looking forward to watching was Harrison. I, th- I think she's oh, yeah. had a great season. Um, for me, she's one to watch. And yeah, she's she's a great player, and she can pop up with the goals too. So it's a bit worried. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, she's the top goal scorer this, this season, and she's been in a lot of Championship Player of the Week polls on Twitter. Like, how some of her goals just yeah, become seen, viral. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it quite a few, and you know, she can have those little moments of brilliance as well. And you never know what you're going to get. Kind of a bit like hemp, like if you're like, you know, you yeah. never know what you're going to get. And yeah, I'm I'm so sorry that I didn't get to see you last night, Shaham, but. I hope that you obviously it, you felt that it was worth it. You know, coming down to the academy, it's always great to welcome opposition fans to the stadium, and it's great that you were there backing your team all the way. Uh, and I'm sure that they'd have appreciated you making that huge journey. But Shahan, thank you ever so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us tonight. Um, just like to wish you all the very best for the rest of the season. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me on, Emma. It's good to speak to you again, David. And of course, I co-host a podcast called the Bristol City Vixen Cast. I was sure about Bristol City Women. Um, we have usually do episodes after every game, but this week's episode will be covering the game against Charlton, the Man City game, and our game against Blackburn. You can find it on all good podcasting platforms and our social social media handles is at BC Vixencast on Instagram and Twitter. We also have a Facebook page. Just search for Bristol City Vixencast, and I like more people to like that page because I spend a lot of time on that page. And I know Facebook isn't quite as popular as it used to be, but yeah, just log in and like the page. That, that'd be good for me. And if you want to find me personally, uh, I'm on Twitter at Shahan Shahan, and I'm on Instagram at Shahan X Shahan. Wonderful. Thank you ever so much for joining us. And Dave, do you want to just plug the OSC? Yeah, well, I'll just say uh, say thanks to Shahan for coming last night as well, because it was nice to meet him and uh, you know uh, and see him. And hopefully, you'll be down again uh, in the near future when you know Shopper still come back up, and uh, we look forward to see, to seeing you again. Um, yeah, so it's the same old. It's the same with us. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at mcwfc underscore osc. Uh, we try and cover all aspects of things. We've got co- we've got a coach running to Forest uh, for the cup tie at the end of the month, which is very nearly full. So if anyone wants to book on that, uh, they need to need to hurry up really and get in touch with us. You can, like I say, you can get in touch with us on Twitter or on our Facebook page, or even you know through the through Emma at the Fancast on on Twitter as well because it's nearly full. Uh, and we want to take as many people as we can, you know, to, to that forest tie. So, yeah, it's nice to always interact with everybody and meet people and uh, meet fans, you know, like, like Shahan as well. So it's been been a good week all around. Thanks for having us on, Emma. And uh, we look forward to the rest of the season with uh, renewed optimism. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Renewed optimism. This week's episode will be dedicated to Ian. As you know, he, he passed away on Wednesday. Uh, Ian was a huge presence 
in the stands uh, following the home t- the team home and away. Much loved by all and will be missed by many. All our thoughts are with Wilma and Ian's family and friends at this time. Yeah, very much so. It's just um, the outpouring of, of, of memories and people on all our social media platforms just show you how many people were affected when they met him. He was just one of them people that you remembered and you look forward to meeting again. Uh, he was real life and soul, and we were all going to miss him so much. And uh, there are plans to uh, remember him more in a more official capacity on Sunday at the game. So, uh, yeah, you know, thanks for It's nice to dedicate the podcast to him, and you know, we're, we're going to miss him a, a great deal. On behalf of the Bristol City Sports Club and Trust and the rest of like uh, the support community, I express my condolences uh, for the loss of Ian Taylor. Thank you, thank you very much, Anna, for your, for your uh, thoughts. We appreciate it. You. You're welcome. Well, thank you. We've all just got to make an extra bit of noise on his behalf. Definitely, yeah. Because that's yeah. what he would have wanted. Because you always knew when Ian was <laughs> Ian was there. Well, yeah, I can say once you met him, you didn't forget him. And you usually heard him before you saw him at a game as well. <laughs> so oh, true. Yeah. It is so true. And it is a, a devastating loss. It really is. And, and as you say, a lot of people knew him. Um, a lot of people that you know listen to the podcast will have seen him, met him. He was a very familiar face. He was at all the games. He was very committed for the, to to the team and and traveling and traveling everywhere they went. So, yeah, it, it is a, a real sad loss. It is, it is indeed. Shahan, thank you ever so much. I really appreciate it. Like you said, coming on, Dave. Thank you ever so much as well. Um, it's great to finally do a podcast. I for a minute, I've, I actually thought I'd forgot what I had to do. And Shahan was asking me before. You know, you're recording, aren't you? You know, I've, I've forgotten what I was doing. But yeah, it's been so nice to ease back into it with you two. So uh, I really appreciate your time, and and hopefully I'll see you soon. Thanks, Emma. Thank you, see you soon. Bye. and you're listening to mcw fancast and that's it for this week's episode thanks to dave and thanks to shahan for joining me on this week's show we'll be back next friday and we hope you can join us in the stands at the academy stadium on sunday for our game against arsenal kickoff is quarter to seven and tickets are still available through the man city website we'll hope to see you there